Hey, it's Wednesday, September 14th, 2022, and this is the M News Now, bringing you the latest news from the cannabis industry. So get ready. This week, two congressmen, Democratic Representatives Jared Huffman from California and Earl Blumenauer from Oregon, filed a bill that's aimed at helping small cannabis cultivators compete against the larger multi-state operators once cannabis is federally legalized. The bill is called the Small Homestead Independent Producers Act, or the acronym the SHIP Act. Representative Huffman said federal legalization is an inevitability, and in a phone interview with Marijuana Moment, he said that once that happens, we want to make sure that the smaller operations will have a chance to compete and succeed. The text of the proposed measure reads, A small cultivator of marijuana and a small manufacturer of a marijuana product may ship and sell marijuana or a marijuana product to an individual located in that state or another state in which possession of marijuana or the marijuana product is lawful by that individual, using the Postal Service or any private or commercial interstate carrier. Small cultivators are defined as those who either grow up to one acre of mature flowering marijuana canopy for outdoor cultivation, or up to 22,000 square feet of cannabis canopy using greenhouses, or up to 5,000 square feet for indoor cultivation. For manufacturers, they'd meet the definition of a small operation if they produce a manufactured marijuana product, including a salve, tincture, edible, or concentrate with a gross annual revenue of less than $5 million. Shalene Title, who's the co-founder of the Parabola Center and a former Massachusetts cannabis regulator who's advocated for equity-based solutions in the marijuana industry, said, This is the only legislation so far that takes cannabis policy beyond the big tobacco model of industry domination and toward the craft cannabis model that benefits both small businesses and consumers. In addition to the positive aspects of this bill, it's also very encouraging to see these congressmen so firmly believe in what they called the inevitability of federal legalization. Some folks in the state of Alabama have some serious issues with cannabis and women. Earlier this year, Alabama Senator Larry Stutz introduced a bill which proposed women must get a negative pregnancy test from a state-approved doctor or lab within the 48 hours prior to each and every time that woman wants to make a medical marijuana purchase. And also happening right now in the state, Alabama police have been enforcing a strange, archaic old state law that allows them to jail pregnant women without a charge, without a trial, and without any opportunity to get out until the state decides. If Alabama law enforcement think that a mother may use cannabis while pregnant, then they can use their own sole discretion on the matter to jail that mother. They say this is allegedly for the so-called safety of the unborn fetus. Just one example of the misuse of power was a case of a 23-year-old woman named Ashley Banks, who was pulled over for a simple, routine traffic stop on May 25th of this year. Officers did notice a very small amount of cannabis in her car, and they also found a pistol without a permit to carry. She was arrested, and under normal circumstances, she would have been able to post bond and leave jail until her trial. But while speaking with the officers, Miss Banks admitted to having used the cannabis two days prior to that arrest, which she also said was the day that she found out she was pregnant. So using that information, authorities cited a state law which allows them to immediately force her into a rehab facility or hold her in jail indefinitely without a trial. Miss Banks did go to the rehab facility, but they sent her back to authorities because they said she was not an addict, just a casual user, and therefore rehab was not necessary. 
So the authorities then just decided to use that law to hold her in jail without any opportunity to post bail or fight the situation with an attorney. She was held in jail for three months like this. There have also been other cases just like this. Pregnant women and mothers of newborns who've been accused, but not convicted, of exposing fetuses to drugs have also been held for weeks and months inside jail. The only bond condition they have is to go to rehab and post $10,000 cash. But if you don't have $10,000 cash, or if the rehab says you're not actually an addict and you don't need rehab, then you're just stuck in jail. And even an attorney can't help you. This Alabama law basically gives law enforcement officers power without a judge, jury, or attorney to decide if they, the officers, think the female's a threat to her unborn fetus, then jail her indefinitely for the so-called protection of the fetus. In Miss Banks' case, while in jail, her pregnancy suffered. She had a family history of miscarriages and difficult pregnancies. She was often bleeding in jail and was not given medical attention. She was forced to sleep in a cell with too many women and had to sleep on the floor on at least one occasion. And again, officers are doing this for the so-called protection of that fetus because they're fearing cannabis use. According to the National Advocates for Pregnant Women, Etowah County in Alabama has jailed 150 pregnant women in recent years. And there are 12 sitting in jail there right now. Cannabis advocates have been working on legalization issues all across the country. And as a result, this fall, many people will have the opportunity to vote for cannabis issues in their jurisdictions. The Arkansas Supreme Court has just confirmed that a recreational cannabis amendment will be on the ballots for the November election. However, it is still conditional. The group behind the campaign, Responsible Growth Arkansas, turned in far more than the 89,151 required valid signatures to the Secretary of State's office and was approved. But the State Board of Election Commissioners rejected their initiative arguing that the amendment's title did not properly include limitations on THC. Responsible Growth Arkansas then petitioned the state's Supreme Court, who have agreed to consider their request. One of their attorneys, Steve Lancaster, said, What that means is that we're going to be on the ballot. You'll be able to cast a vote. But what's going to happen in the interim is the Supreme Court will make its decision. And if they agree with us that our ballot title is good, then the votes will count. Otherwise, if the courts decide that our ballot title is not sufficient, they'll just never count those votes. He added, I'm confident that once the court looks at this, they're going to agree with us that our ballot title is fine. Over in California, they're the largest cannabis market in the country, with legalized medicinal and recreational use. However, the vast majority of municipalities in the state have opted out of allowing cannabis businesses a fact that's caused a lot of problems for cannabis access and distribution in the state. This fall, there are at least 28 California cities and counties with cannabis initiatives on their ballot. Most of these municipality referendums are to have voters choose if they want to now allow cannabis businesses within their jurisdictions. If all locations are passed, there could be as many as 250 new retail licenses added to the state. This is significant and badly needed because at this time, there are currently only around 900 retail locations in the entire state of close to 40 million people. In Maryland, they legalized medicinal marijuana in 2012, and they've had that program operational since 2014. This fall, voters in the state will have an adult-use recreational cannabis legalization referendum on their ballot. In Missouri, the Secretary of State certified that activists turned in more than enough signatures to qualify a marijuana legalization initiative for the November ballot. 
But now a lawsuit filed by a staff member of the Community Anti-Drug Coalitions of America claims that that petition did not collect enough valid signatures in at least one of the districts needed. They also claim that they didn't follow the state constitution's single-subject rule for ballot measures. There are also some cannabis supporters in the state who've opposed this petition. Based on concerns of monopolies in the industry, limiting the number of licenses, possession limits, and more. Missouri currently does already have a medical marijuana program, but depending on the outcome of this lawsuit, it remains to be seen if they'll be able to vote on recreational use this fall. Both North Dakota and South Dakota voters will have the chance to decide on cannabis legalization issues in November. North Dakota voters legalized medical marijuana in 2016, and this fall they're confirmed to vote on legalizing adult-use recreational cannabis as well. South Dakota residents voted to legalize adult-use recreational cannabis in 2020, but their governor, Kristi Noem, intervened due to her own issues against cannabis. She used a loophole which caused the courts to overturn the voters' wishes. This year, South Dakota residents will be able to vote on it again. To avoid another invalidation, the group who led the initiative is allowing the legislator to make decisions regarding cannabis taxes and regulations. Ohio legalized medical marijuana in 2016, but they do not have legalized recreational adult use yet. This November, several Ohio cities will vote on local cannabis decriminalization measures for 2022. If passed, decriminalized cities would eliminate penalties for possessing misdemeanor amounts of cannabis. Oklahoma currently has one of the most popular medical marijuana programs in the country, with 10% of the state's population holding a valid prescription. But despite overwhelming support, residents are still waiting on legalized recreational adult use. State officials announced that the group, Oklahomans for Sensible Marijuana Laws, did collect sufficient signatures, and they turned them in more than a month early to ensure enough time for the verification process. However, in what could be a sneaky political move by opponents, the certification process has taken much longer than it should have. Republican lawmakers in Oklahoma who are opposed to cannabis introduced bills to make the initiative petition process more difficult. Cannabis advocacy groups wrote in a document to the state court that they've been stymied by state officials or their hand-picked vendors who are either unable or unwilling to perform their administrative duties in a timely and efficient manner. The Oklahoma Secretary of State's office has typically handled counting signatures in-house, but this year, with claims of alleged voter fraud concerns, some state officials created a contract with a political polling firm to help verify the voter registration status of signatories. As a result, the signature counting process took so long that it extended past the printing deadline for issues to be included on the November ballot. The advocacy group petitioned the state Supreme Court, and they've agreed to consider it. But at this time, the measure is still in limbo with new lawsuits filed on both sides this week, and everything's up in the air and at the mercy of the court's decisions. It's one of a few of these states that we will continue to watch and have to wait to see what transpires. And while other states are seeking recreational cannabis legalization, Nebraska is still fighting for medical marijuana. The group Nebraskans for Medical Marijuana submitted signatures supporting two medical cannabis measures for this fall. But sadly, neither initiative will be on the 2022 ballot due to a shortage of signatures. During their campaign, the advocacy group faced major issues with funding and a court battle that stymied their progress. However, their campaign manager plans to regroup, and they plan on getting the issue on Nebraska's 2024 ballot. Texans have access to an extremely limited medical marijuana program, 
but with levels of THC capped at 1%, the very limited number of people who can even qualify don't have access to much. The state heavily regulates against cannabis, and their current penalties for possession are harsh. This November, though, five cities, Denton, Elgin, Harker Heights, Killeen, and San Marcos, will each have the opportunity to vote on decriminalizing cannabis within their jurisdictions. The decriminalization measures amend local laws so that the police can no longer issue citations or make arrests for misdemeanor possessions, nor can they issue tickets for paraphernalia in lieu of possession tickets. In May, voters in Austin overwhelmingly approved a similar municipal measure. These types of city votes are necessary, as Texas law does not allow for statewide citizen-initiated petition measures. Current Texan polling shows that 67% of Texans, including majorities of Democrats, Independents, and Republicans, support legalizing the sale and use of cannabis. In Wisconsin, medical and recreational use of cannabis is currently illegal. And like Texas, Wisconsin does not have a statewide citizen petition initiative method for ballot proposals. So Wisconsin residents must wait for state legislators to take action. This fall, so that the lawmakers there can gauge how residents feel about cannabis legalization potential, voters in at least half a dozen Wisconsin cities and counties will be asked on their November ballot how they feel about supporting legalizing, taxing, and regulating cannabis in a manner similar to alcohol. Legislators will then use this information to decide on whether they should move forward with any cannabis measures in the future. West Virginia legalized medical marijuana in 2017. Activists there have been working to put local marijuana decriminalization initiatives, similar to the ones in Texas, on the November 22 ballot. These initiatives would mean no fines, jail time, or court hearings for simple possession of cannabis. In Wyoming this year, activists collected signatures for a pair of ballot initiatives to decriminalize marijuana possession and legalize medical cannabis. However, it wasn't enough to be added to their 22 ballot. New Mexico legalized recreational cannabis use in 2021, and with some of the most liberal regulations in the country, they've done very well thus far. Continuing that trend, the New Mexico State Fair have added an exhibit to this year's event called Discovering Cannabis. The exhibit's a collaboration with a New Mexico-based dispensary called the Verdes Foundation, and is designed to educate adults 21 and older on the state's newest agriculture industry as well as provide a safe space for cannabis curious to ask questions, get information, and learn more about how the recent legalization of recreational cannabis will impact the state's economy. The exhibit will also contain numerous cannabis vendors and distributors, but unfortunately the products are not available for consumption on site. That cannabis exhibition is running at the New Mexico State Fair through September 18th. That's all you need to know for today. Be sure to keep listening for the latest updates and follow us on themnewsnow.com. Later.